Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons podcast. This week we will be having an all-digital congregation. Please stay tuned to our podcast, social media channels, and YouTube for more information during this time of distancing. Thank you, stay safe, and enjoy. This morning's passage comes from Luke 11, 37 through 54. Uh, just a quick side note, this, note, this passage was uh, chosen back in January uh, when the series was being put together. Uh, so it may seem very fitting for this week and for today. Uh, just know that it was picked long before the, uh, the coronavirus issues that we have been uh, dealing with this week. Um, we enter the scene of Jesus walking uh, on this earth, sharing his message, running uh, into the religious leaders of the day. Um, the Pharisees were those who held strict laws uh, of the Jewish faith. They held tight to the rules, in some cases forgot uh, people in the midst of relationships. Essentially, the rule became more important than the relationship uh, that, um, that people had. And we would call that uh, today some legalism. Uh, and in the Gospels, we watch as Jesus comes in contact and has run-ins with these Pharisees. So let's listen to the story this morning as we uh, look at the scripture from Luke 11, uh, 37 to 52. When Jesus had finished speaking, a Pharisee invited him to eat with him. So he went in and reclined at the table, but the Pharisee was surprised when he noticed that Jesus did not first Wash before the meal. Then the Lord said to him, now, that, now then you, Pharisee, clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but inside you are full of greed and wickedness. You foolish people, did you not know the one who made the outside made the inside also? But now as for what is inside you, be generous to the poor and everything that will be clean for you. Woe to you, Pharisees, because you give one-tenth of your mint, rue, and all kinds of garden herbs, but you neglect justice and love of God. You should, be, you should have practiced the latter without leaving the former undone. Woe to you, Pharisees, because you love the most important seats in the synagogues and respectful greetings in the marketplaces. Woe to you because you are unmar- like unmarked graves which people walk over without knowing. One of the experts in the law answered him, Teacher, when you say these things, you insult us also. Jesus replied, And you experts in the law, woe to you because you load people down with burdens they can hardly carry, and you, yourself, you themselves will not lift one finger to help them. Woe to you because you build tombs for the prophets and for your ancestors who killed them. So you testify that you, that you approve of what your ancestors did. They killed the prophets and you build their tombs. Because of this, God in his wisdom said, I will send them prophets and apostles, some of them who they will kill and others will they persecute. Therefore, this generation will be held responsible for the blood of all the prophets that has been shed since the beginning of the world. And from the blood of Abel to the blood of Zechariah, who has been who was killed between the altar and the sanctuary. Yes, I tell you, this generation will be held responsible for it all. Woe to the experts in the law, because you have taken away the key to knowledge. You yourselves have not entered, and you have hindered those who were entering. 
When Jesus went outside and the Pharisees and teachers of the law began to oppose him fiercely and besiege him with questions, waiting to catch him in something he might say. Let us pray. Lord God, thank you for today. Thank you for this opportunity to be together together in a new and special way. Lord, we ask that you would honor this time we spend together. That Lord, even though we can't meet face to face, we can meet uh, via technology. Lord, I pray for those uh, who are struggling today, who feel uh, uncertain, who feel anxious, uh, whose um, who's uh, uh, who's, uh, instability in, uh, in the world that we live in uh, makes us very uncomfortable. Lord, I ask that you would come and calm those nerves, that we would hear your word, and that we would recognize your hand, and Lord, most of all, that we would uh, sense your love in our lives. Lord, there are so many uh, who we uh, know who are hurting today. And so I ask that you would calm them and quiet them. Lord, we ask that you'd open our hearts and change our hearts that we might be more like you. In your name we pray. Amen. So this morning, we are looking at a series we have called The Journey of Stones. And we've been looking at passages about stones Uh, During this Lenten time, um, I may have encouraged you over this time when we were in a sanctuary to grab a stone from the wheelbarrow that's out back. Um, Obviously, we're not able to do that today. Um, So I will ask you that if you get a chance to walk around in your yard to find the stone, maybe, and use that as a symbol um, uh, of something that's going on in this passage. Uh, A couple things you need to know. During this series, we have talked a lot about taking that stone and making it a symbol uh, for the change that God wants to make in our lives, using it as uh, something that we can hold on to, something that we can lay at the altar. So you'll have to find a place to lay your stone, whether it's holding on to it to bring it back when we can come back uh, together, or it's finding a place that you can uh, lay it in front of uh, God at that time. Um, that he continues to work in your life. Um, You may remember that uh, the very first week we talked about uh, stones, we talked about um, things that were written in stone, and in Exodus 32, uh, 1 through 24, we talked about the stone tablets that were smashed, and we talked about Moses when he came off the hill, off the mountain. He was uh, uh, offended by God's people who had turned to idols during the time that he was gone. And he smashed those stone tablets. Um, And then uh, two weeks ago, we talked about the rejected stone in Mark chapter 12, verses 1 through 12. um, And the parable of the man who owned the vineyard and whose uh, servants went to to claim the rent and uh, were killed. Whose son went to claim the rent and was killed. And the scripture reminds us that... uh, The stone that was rejected, that the builders rejected, was the cornerstone. uh, Reminding us that Jesus was a rejected man. Uh, And then last week we talked about sticks and stones out of John chapter 8, verses 1 through 12. Uh, We talked about the woman who was caught in adultery. And the actual reminder that um, this woman was brought to Jesus um, having, having broken the law and reminded that she... Uh, deserved to be stoned. And Jesus bends down in a, in a famous way and he, 
He reminds those people there, and he says those famous words, he is without sin, cast the first stone. Well, today's passage doesn't specifically look or share the moment of a stone in the passage, but so we're going to talk a little bit about that. Um, a couple areas that I want you, that you may need to address in your spiritual life uh, that I want you to think about this morning is this. Am I more concerned about my outside than my inside? Are the rules more important than relationships? Am I allowing my religious pride to hinder God's ministry? Does my heart resemble a stone in any way? You see, Jesus was speaking to a group of people, whatever he was speaking about. When it finished, he gets up and he gets invited to dinner by a Pharisee. And normally in Scripture, when we see these things, we see them as traps. That Jesus is um, doing something, the Pharisees are trying to discredit him. And so it seems that there's a trap set for Jesus. Um, but, I, but in this instance, and in a couple other instances in Scripture, I believe that the motives may have been genuine, that this Pharisee wanted to spend some time with Jesus, maybe to understand him better, to answer, to ask some questions, to sit down and discuss things that were going on. You may remember the motive or, uh, in John 3 where Nicodemus uh, comes to Jesus at night. And he recognizes that Jesus is a teacher from God. And so, so those are those moments in Scripture where the, the Pharisees were really trying to seek out uh, and understand uh, Jesus as he walked this earth. Um, so we don't get any sense that, uh, that, this, that this Pharisee was out to get Jesus in any way. But it doesn't take very long for the situation to disintegrate. As the Jews uh, washed their hands before they ate, and Jesus didn't wash his hands before he ate. Now I want to help you understand that this um, this washing of hands, something we've spent a lot of time this week, right? We've been reminded uh, to wash our hands for 20 seconds uh, to make sure we scrub and use soap. Um, this was a different uh, sense and understanding of washing our hands. This was a ceremonial washing of their hands. So they, uh, they would not use soap. They would just use water and they would, uh, they would take the, the handle of the uh, of the container which had two handles and they would pour over their dominant hand first three times and then they would ceremonially dump over the other hand three times and they would uh, again no sanitizer no soap um, but during this time they recited a prayer and this would have been the prayer uh, blessed are you O Lord our God King of the universe who has sanctified us through your commandments and has commanded us concerning the washing of hands. And so it became this, uh, this religious rite, this tradition to wash their hands before dinner, uh, much like we would say a blessing or a prayer before dinner. Uh, mind you, it wasn't to clean our hands from any dirt or grime. It was designed to uh, clean their hands from the things of the world. And when they were preparing to eat, that's what they would do. Um, so it doesn't tell us how the Pharisee responded to Jesus not washing his hands, but one could uh, easily see that there was obviously an expression on the Pharisee's face when Jesus didn't wash his hands. You know those times when you take your uh, friends to dinner or you invite them for dinner and... Um, everyone sits down and they all get their plate 
and all of a sudden people just start eating and we haven't offered grace. And our face is like, what do we do, right? That's kind of what was going on there. Uh, the Pharisee knew that they were supposed to wash their hands ceremonially and, uh, and they didn't. And there was this begun this trigger of this group of people who recognize that there's something wrong. And very quickly Jesus says, woe to you who are more worried about the outside of the dish than the inside. He says, I, I can't help, and I can't help but think about a dishwasher. When I do the dishwasher and I set up the dishwasher and I take one of those dishes that um, has had something in it for a week and it's all dried on there and crusty and I put it in the dishwasher, it looks like I put everything else in the dishwasher and it runs the wash dishwasher and then when it comes out, it looks clean on the back, right? And as soon as I pick it up, it's like, whoa, it's right back to, uh, there's nasty and dirty stuff. And so Jesus uses this example. He says, listen, you're all worked up about what the outside looks like, and you've forgotten to look about what the inside looks like. And so when we go through our dishwasher, what do we do? Some of us uh, put it back in a couple more times to see if that will clean it. Um, the right thing is to probably soak it uh, a bit and scrub it and then put it back in so it's clean. So Jesus unloads on this Pharisee. He says, you're more worried about what it looks like on the outside that I didn't follow the rules and you missed the point. And then Jesus unloads this, um, this challenge on the Pharisee. He says, you're so concerned about what the outside looks like. He says, you even count the mint leaves. And he says, you give your tithe of 10% of those mint leaves. So he says, you're going through counting your mint leaves on your, on your stem, and you're giving one out of every 10 mint leaves, and everyone can see it. And it looks good. And you look good on the outside, but you're not looking so good on the inside. And he says, or maybe it's like uh, for us today when we throw a 50 into the offering plate, and we make sure that our neighbors see it. It looks good on the outside, but maybe not so good on the inside. Jesus says, woe to you who are polished on the outside and a mess on the inside. This is where our stone comes to play. I want to show you the stone that I found in my yard. Uh, and it fits pretty good. This is my stone. Uh, I found it in my backyard uh, while walking around uh, yesterday. And he says, Jesus says, listen, Woe to you who look good on the outside, but inside your heart looks like a stone. If you look at this, it's kind of about the size of my heart. And he says, this is where the problem is. This is where your problem begins. He says, you're so worried about your hands being dirty. You're worried about um, looking good to other people, and you've missed the most important part, which is your heart. What Jesus is saying is this, and your heart is full and it's hard like a stone. It doesn't work very well. It doesn't pump any blood when it looks like this. It's interesting in verse 45, the experts of the law says, Teacher, when you say these things, you insult us also. These are lawyers. The lawyers are feeling the heat of the action that's going on. Their hearts are, are full of stone when they mistreated God's people and when they continued to do things that were wrong. 
And they said, Jesus, you're hurting our feelings. And this is what Jesus says. Woe to you, the lawyers, the experts in the law, because you have been taken away, where you have taken away the key to knowledge. You yourselves have not entered, and you have, not, and you have hindered those who were entering. I want to ask you a question. What does a key do? A key is something that unlocks a locked door. And Jesus accuses these uh, Pharisees of taking away the key, of taking away the uh, way for people to come to God. And he says, listen, you've hindered them from entering the kingdom of God. Your hard hearts have gotten in the way. You've gotten so concerned about the rules of the day that you've missed the relationship that I want to have with my people. And that's why we, and we know Jesus came for that reason, to, uh, to help his people, to help us to make a connection with God. I want to uh, give you a passage that sticks out this morning from Ezekiel. Ezekiel 36, 26 says, I will give you a new heart, and I'll put a new spirit in you. I will remove you from your heart of stone, and I will give you a heart of flesh. When I think about a heart of flesh and I think about a hard heart, those, those Pharisees had hard hearts. They weren't willing to accept the fact that Jesus was the Messiah, that he had come to save his people. Their rules and relationship of their, uh, with their Jewish uh, faith had gotten in the way of a real relationship with God. And so they couldn't see that Jesus was that Messiah they were looking for. You know that they were continually for years and years and years looking for a Messiah to come. They knew there would be a Messiah that God would send someone to rescue his people. That wasn't the problem. The problem was when, it, when he actually came, they didn't recognize him as the Messiah. We know what happens to that Messiah and Jesus uh, prophesies in this passage, he says, you've taken these prophets and you've killed them, you've made uh, places and you've killed them. And the prophecy is that he would, they would again kill Jesus. Their hearts of stone got in the way of their relationship with God. I don't know where you're at this morning, but I want to encourage you that if you don't have a relationship with this uh, with God, and uh, if you haven't made a commitment to Jesus to follow him, um, that this is a great opportunity. Uh, this is a, a very uh, unrestful time in our lives, and yet we can have peace in the midst of difficult and dark times. So I want to encourage you and challenge you to begin to walk that step of faith. Scripture says, listen, uh, it's as simple as understanding that, listen, I have made a mistake, that I have sinned, and that I deserve uh, death for that sin. It also means that you understand that Jesus was came to this earth, and that his uh, living the perfect life, going to the cross, crucified, rose again, right? That's where we're working towards Easter. Um, that that was enough for him to cover our sins and our struggles. And finally, just accepting that in your own life. We've made this so difficult, it's not that difficult. It's understanding that, yes, Jesus died for me, and that I want to live a different life because of that. I would encourage you to, 
uh, step out in faith in, in that and to do that. As we, uh, we close, I'll encourage you and challenge you in your faith. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you for today. Thank you that you have given us an opportunity to gather together. Uh, through technology, Lord, this time, uh, I thank you that uh, we have continued to work on that. And Lord, I ask for the souls and hearts of those who will hear this, who will see this, that Lord, you would draw them close, that you would encourage them and challenge them. Lord, I pray for anyone who hasn't um, started a relationship with you, that you would uh, encourage them to walk that step of faith as well. Lord, may we know that you have come and have changed the world and that we can have eternity through you. In your name we pray. Amen.